Hi, Calling family. This is Pastor Michael, and welcome to our church podcast. I'm so grateful for you tuning in today, and I believe today's message is going to strengthen your faith in Jesus. Hearts and minds on things above. Can I ask you for a moment, where is your mind? Where is your heart? Here in the Greek, the word for heart is not like it's cardia. Actually, in the Greek, cardia, like you, we talk in the English, cardiovascular, all right? But this term is not cardia. It's actually a different word, which means where is your heart at? Where is, like where in the, Jesus says, where is your treasure? Where is your search? Where are you, what are you seeking? What are you after in your life right now? Where is your heart? Where is your mind? Actually, Daniel, as you sneak over, uh, David, actually, I'm going to have you help me for a moment. Since you're, can you bring those jugs of water? By the way, I'm going to do an illustration up here for a moment. Thank you, David. I, I'm glad I caught you at the last second. <laughs> Give him a clap as he is my stagehand. Good job. All right. Oh, you got cheer. Maybe she, uh, she's, uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I, I hope I did not embarrass someone right now. I don't know who said that or who did that. All right, I'll do it with you. Woo, yeah. All right. All right. Hearts and minds on things above. Hearts and minds on things above. Do you know that you're not from here, Christian? You're from another place. You're from another dimension of life and another reality of living. All right? Where is your heart? The Bible says, so a man thinketh, so is he. So much of what we think and so much of how we, uh, what we pursue dominates our life. So where, whatever your heart is set on, you're going to go after. If you're after Jose, you're going you're, you're, you're to you're, you're set your whole life in that direction. Your life goes in the direction of your thoughts and your, your heart, all right? So what the question becomes, what are we after in our life? One of the movies that I love so much that is hard to watch for me, I, <laughs> I'll never forget, forget it. I, it. It was an old movie uh, in the 90s, and Kareen when I, and, and I, when we were dating, we went to the Edwards in West Covina and uh, the Hood Theater, by the way. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, that's all right. I'm from the Hood. All right. And uh, uh, I took her because they were reshowing the Lion King movie. How many of you love the Lion King? All right. I don't know about Disney right now, but the Lion King, I, 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 I'll never forget that when we went to go watch it, um, the, as a movie went on, my dad actually recently died at that point. And uh, I, when the part, when, when Simba was like, Dad, Dad, I was like, uh, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to cry in front of her. I'm dad, I want to show, but my dad recently died. And he's like, Dad, I'm like, oh, man, that's going down there, right? And, 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 and that movie is so spiritual. I don't know if they know this, but that movie is so spiritual to me. I mean, it is incredible. One of the things in the movie that just touches my soul is that Simba runs away because he's been lied to. He's actually the king of the land. He's the king of the territory. All right. They, they christened him, so to speak, if you will. And, and, and his father was the king, but his dad died. He runs away with believing the lies that he's a nobody, that he had killed his dad, and that 
that he is just going to wander the jungle, which is kind of funny because lions don't live in jungles, I would suppose. I don't know. I'm not an animal person. I would imagine that tigers live in jungles. All right. Sorry, animal people. All right. They get offended. But I think, I, I don't think that lions would appear to be, live. that's their domain. But they come across a few friends and they're like, whoa, don't eat me. All right. And they're like, what are you doing here? All right. And they become friends. I want to let you know, brothers and sisters, that you have been lied to about you and your life. The reality is that you are a somebody in the name of Jesus. You are part of a kingdom that is not of this world. You're part of a kingdom that is eternal and forever. Come on, someone out there today. You don't belong here. That's why you are a misfit. Even Jesus himself was a misfit. That's why when you're trying to fit in, there's something deep down within you that you know. I, I'm about, I remember one time I went to a party. I partied it up. I drank and I smoked. I didn't go. Uh, I, and I even did chewing tobacco. All right. That was meant to be a joke. I don't know. All right. Don't do chewing tobacco. It is nasty, all right? It is really nasty. I did it because I was a baseball player, and I thought, you know what? That's the thing you did. You throw it in your mouth, and it's like, wow, that thing. I, I, I vomit. That's a true story. I vomited it all up. It was nasty. You're not supposed to swallow it, all right? <laughs> that just happened when you're playing, right? Uh, 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 I remember trying to fit in culture and society and be like the homies and be like my teammates, going to clubs and drinking and all of that. And I would feel deep down inside of my soul how I'm not meant for what they're about. I think the Holy Spirit was saying, Michael, I have plans for your life. And I want you to know that you're somebody, even though you're verbally, ab verbally abused and told that you're a nobody and that you're a mistake and this and that, you have, per you have a purpose. I want you to know that you're my son and that you don't belong uh, necessarily in this crowd, I want you to get connected with who you really are in, in my son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm here to tell someone, where is your heart and what, where is your mind? Because you are not from here. You are from above. I really suspect that in the context of this scripture, the book of Colossians, Paul is penning a letter. This book was not a book. It was actually, it was actually a letter written by Paul, an epistle, say epistle. An epistle, or we, in the theology we call it epistemology. This is a letter written to the church. All right, thank God that Paul wrote this letter because it today is teaching you and I and it is forming you and I and it is shaping you and I. And what Paul is telling this Colossian church, a church that he did not plant, one of his buddies did, Epaphras, all right, there's a lot of competition in the church, different religions. There's actually angel worship, all right. There's actually all these different religions. And he, Paul is trying to tell them that don't, be, don't make Jesus one among the religion. He is the only way, the truth, and the life. He is supreme over all things, even angels uh, uh, as well. You could read that in this scripture. He is before all things, and through him all things hold together. Amen, someone out there? All right. I just want to know you're following with me because I can get to theology. How many like theology, by the way? We need it, all right? We do need it today, all right? Sometimes people worship theology. It's amazing. You can go to school and people worship that stuff and they don't even know how to be kind to some people, all right? God wants us to have the knowledge and, and love to go with our faith. Someone say amen, all right? So uh, uh, he's writing this letter to the Colossian church and he's telling them that you've been raised with Christ, 
and don't live like the rest of the world. You have a destiny with Jesus and you're not from this place. When you came to faith in Christ, you are actually from, uh, from heaven, from the, from, eternal, from the eternal, so to speak, all right? That you have a purpose and a destiny. But going back to that Lion King movie, I love it. I love it so much. I might watch it after. No, I'm just kidding. I, I love how Simba has to discover who he really is. Some of us are living in a facade because we've been lied to so badly that you're never going to amount to anything in your life, that you're never going to make it in your life, that you cannot be free, that you always have to live with this maybe disease, with this way of thinking, with this, uh, 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 just this habit in your life. But the reality is God can break the shackles on your life in the name of Jesus because he is so powerful. He is a healer and he's a savior. Amen? I know it's cold outside, but come on, I need you to come out a little bit, all right? So I want to teach you today hearts and minds on things above. And you know what? Talking about identity, say identity. Oh, man, hasn't the devil been a liar these days? People are wrestling with who they are. People are wrestling. People, see, the thing is, people are giving in to every scratch and every, every feeling inside the heart. You feel that way? Just be that way. I, 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 I can't get into all of it today, but if, if, if you're born this way, you don't have to be that. You can be something else. How, what a lie. What a, de- what a deceit. And by the way, we love all people, and all people are welcome in this place. And I have to tell you, when our first service ever launched, we had a transgender person. And I honestly tell you that the church didn't know what to do. They were like, they were like this. And, and I'm not trying to promote myself or anything, but I went up to them, and I said, what's your name? I'm so proud that you're, you came to ch- You came to church. And, and I clearly knew it was a man, all right? But this person was not trying to be a man. This person was, they believed their identity was a woman. But I still met them where they're at. Thank God that he meets us where we're at in our life. But we, we, we love that person. All are welcome. That's what I mean. All of our mistakes, all of our mistakes. God wants to grow us up in the faith. Believe me, just because we love everybody does not mean we affirm every thought and belief in the name of Jesus. Because some are straight up demonic. How many know what I'm talking about? All right. But, but uh, uh, God, so God wants us to understand where we're from. And watch that the devil is lying to people today. He's, tell, he's telling people... Uh, So the devil, what what he does very well is he will tell you who you're not. And God will tell you who you are. So people are trying different things and and doing different things and they're hurting themselves. And honestly, a lot of people are discovering that it is an empty pursuit. So I want to talk about, continue to talk about hearts and minds on things above. Why do we need to have our hearts and minds on things above according to the scripture. All right, here's my first point. We need to get set our hearts and our minds on things above because ultimately, watch this, you're not from this place. How many of you are so thankful that where we're from, we're from a kingdom that is unshakable and immovable. Unlike the kingdoms of this world that rage and, and, and get bitter amongst one each other and go to war with one another, we have a kingdom that it does not perish uh, Uh, That it does not move where there is unity, peace, love, joy, forgiveness. Where our king sits and reigns forever and ever and ever. 
That's where our minds should be at, where, where our king is at. How many of you know we are kids of the kingdom of God and where our king dwells, none of these things happen. When 2020 happened, um, I, I will never forget, people were so frightened. People were so scared. I've been to five different grocery stores. I remember the day things started to, to shut down. All the, per, all the perishables, right, was gone. Uh, all the meat was gone. But, you know, I had a peace cruising down those aisles. I can tell you, man, I was not worried because I know where I'm from. And where I'm from is not movable. And where I'm from, I know that my God thinks of me and he cares of me. And the thoughts that he has toward me and you outnumber the, the, the grain on the sand of the seashores. So I knew that my God would provide and surely he did. Somebody say amen. I didn't have to give in to the, the trepidation and the fear mongering and the hatred speech of the rest of this world. Because I know where I'm from, there's perfect peace and unity. Amen. And that should give us, because those things exist in heaven, immovable and unshakable, where there's a joy, where there's a peace, where there's a, the God's will being done. I don't have to, watch this. Because those things are happening right now in heaven, in the kingdom, I can, I, it gives me hope today where, where I live on the earth. It gives me a peace today, despite what's going on all around me. For some of us today, we need to live like that today because we're not them. Somebody out there, we're not them. We're from somewhere else. But I remember a time where, when I played baseball, um, as I was sharing a few moments ago, um, talking about where we're from and, and the qualities of where we're from. I'll never forget, I was playing baseball in college. I played for a number of years and I'm so thankful for baseball. Baseball season is coming back up again. I'm so excited for my Dodgers. Let's go. It's not an idol, but I love it. Come on, somebody, all right? I love my Dodgers. I love my Dodger history. And uh, God roots for the Dodgers. I'm just saying that right now, all right? He really does, all right? Not them Raiders. God don't like the NFL. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he loves the MLB, like Pastor Michael, all right? I remember when I was playing baseball uh, in San Francisco, I had a little bit of a scholarship to go play up there and, uh, and pray for San Francisco. It really needs our prayers. And um, I was, actually, when I went up there, I was culture shocked. Shell shocked. It was a beautiful city, but I was like, whoa, <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about. But I played at, 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 at college up there. And I remember playing with a group of guys. They talk different. And I was like, I, if we're on the same team, man, I, we need to communicate. We need to, we need to understand one another. I re distinctly remember that he would say, he was a third baseman, and instead, uh, he would say, tree, hey, tree man, tree man. That's what he would say. Throw it to tree man, all right? And I'm like, who's tree man, all right? What are you saying? What are, you, are you talking about three, not tree, all right? And so they talked different. They ate a little bit different. They carried themselves a little bit different. They was distinguishable that these guys were different and from a different place. And quickly I caught on. And I said, man, where are you guys from? And they go, we're from Hawaii, man. <laughs> and they just, uh, uh, they, it was all, they were just, Hawaiians are chill. They're very laid back people, all right? It must be that island vibe. But uh, there were qualities that distinguished themselves, and I could clearly tell that they were not from California. The same is true for us Christians living in this world and in this earth. We should have traits and qualities that distinguish uh, ourselves, all right, uh, in, in, uh, in, uh, as we live our life. Because watch this, there are people all around us 
that need this hope that they don't live in an unshakable kingdom. They live with fear because they live here. They, their, their hope is their bank account. Their hope is their physical strength. They need the hope that we have that is an anchor to the soul that is immovable and unshakable and distinguishable. You know, how many of you know when, when you feel, uh, there's some people growing up when I was in the church and I would look at them and through disaster and through, through personal disaster, through, through tragedy in their own life, I'd watch them. And I go, man, there's something inside of them that is so powerful. And I come to realize that is Jesus. And it's, and it's inspired me to, for my own walk to walk that way and grow up in the faith and be an inspiration to help others in the name of Jesus. There's a man, there's actually Colossians chapter 1 verse 2, 1 through 2 says this in the message version. It says, so if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. It says, act like it, all right? Pursue the things over which Christ presides. And by the way, watch this. Like I said, we're all free here to come with our mistakes and our baggage. And I get we're all coming from different walks of life and different brokenness. But watch this. At some point, we're on what, what, uh, one, uh, some point in our life, we got to also act like where we're from. Somebody say amen, all right? And pursue. Well, I love that it says this. Pursue the things which Christ presides. Where, what are the things that Christ presides over? Unity, peace, joy, forgiveness, all right, hope, all right, love, which binds all of these things together. Here's an incredible person who, who showed qualities of the kingdom of God in the most craziest atmosphere in the world. This person's name is Desmond Doss. He's a historical um, a person. He's an American hero and actually won, I believe, the, Amer uh, the Presidential Medal of Honor, which is the greatest honor in the military, all right? Desmond Doss was a World War II veteran. He was actually a Seventh-day Adventist who was against killing and murder. He took that literally and believed that it was against God's uh, will to kill anyone. Uh, so you would imagine that when he signs up to go to the army, you know, you're in the army, bro. Like, what are we thinking here, you know? <laughs> and he signed up to go in the army to specifically be a medic. But after his beliefs were apparent and his qualities and his traits came abroad in, in his unit and his, and, in, and, his, and his military, all right, he began to be harassed. He began to be abused. I, and, and in a way, understandably so, because why would we fight with this person? Is he going to fight with me, what is he going to do when we're in the heat of the battle? So they harassed him and they, and they uh, abused him and they maligned him, all right, because of his beliefs, uh, his firm beliefs. That was his, his belief, actually, the military called it, he was a conscientious uh, objector. In other words, he wouldn't kill anyone. And so it frustrated the army. It frustrated his unit. But what they did is they still threw him in battle as a medic. And watch this. All of that abuse all of that harassment he uh, endured as a Christian. And what he did on the battlefield was absolutely stunning and remarkable and otherworldly. In the heat of the craziest battle, one of the craziest battles, I should say, in World War II, which was Hacksaw Ridge in Okinawa, Japan, in the, in the middle of the fight, he would go and rescue 75 wounded souls in the midst of bombs, in the midst of gunfire, in the midst of 
of hand-to-hand combat. Somehow the Lord protected this man's life as he rescued 75. Thank God about what he believed because 75 souls that day were impacted. He, the things that he believed about heaven, he brought them down here and it impacted those around him. Someone out there today. I dare you that in the heat of your marriage, I dare you that in the heat of bankruptcy, I dare you that in the heat of the climate in which we live, dare to live from where you are from and make an impact in the name of Jesus Christ and see that God won't be at your back. See that the spirit of God will be the wind at your back. Someone out there today. Ooh, it's quiet. That's okay. Making an impact. Can you imagine that? Guns going, bombs blaring. Things being said, to have the audacity to go into that environment without even a a gun or protection. His protection was God. And watch this, in the heat of your marriage, in the heat of whatever you're you're going through, dare to believe. Watch this, Colossians says, go pursue the things that Christ presides over. Watch this. So in the heat of your marriage and the discomfort and the arguing, What is God presiding over that can impact your marriage in that circumstance? Unity, love, peace, let it go. Tell the person how you really feel without getting angry and being a shotgun. You know, I'm going to be talking about, so what, you know what's funny about this book, Colossians? The next few verses and after chapter, after verse 5, he says this, put to death, therefore, what belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire. So what Paul is strategically doing is says, he's saying, let God in here and let God in here before we start putting the things of the flesh down. Because unless God doesn't have this and unless God doesn't have this, it's going to be very difficult for you to stop doing the things of the earthly nature. All right. And next week over our series, we're going to be talking about how to get rid of anger. All right. How many of you know that anger is just, uh, anger is danger without the D. All right. We're going to be talking about how to take these things off and how, how Christ helps us taking these things off in our life, all right? So in the heat of the things that you're going through in the world, maybe, you know, I, I hear this a lot. I just heard one recently. Maybe there's heat in the workplace and you cannot stand that person that you work with. Maybe you share a cubicle with them. Maybe, maybe it's just a difficult thing. But watch this. Ask yourself, what does Christ preside over? Unity, peace, forgiveness. So to pursue those things and make an impact in your environment that you're in. Point B, we need to set our hearts and minds on things above because watch this, we have died. Say, we've died. We've died. Our death is symbolic of our old nature. Our lives no longer belong to us, but the one, to the one who raised us from, the, from death to life, from darkness to light. The one who purchased us with, uh, uh, with his blood. All right. Uh, it means that we've said goodbye. So, what it means is Paul is saying that you've died to your old nature. You've been buried with Christ through baptism. By the way, if you have not been baptized, it's time to get baptized. All right? Why not make a decision uh, not only to follow Jesus, but like Jesus, I watch this. Remember, I'm telling you, identity is one of the things that the devil is using these days. Why not identify with Christ through baptism and being raised out of the waters as he was raised from death to life? Be raised to life 
with him, all right? We love to do that, and we love for you to just experience this because it's a powerful, powerful thing, all right? So it means that when we've, we've believed on Jesus, all right, we, we, are, we come into agreement and alignment that we ourselves have been are dead to sin and alive with him uh, uh, through, through, through his resurrection. But it says this, all right? The Bible says that when we have died to the old self, say old self, along with its old nature, a lot of theology, Augustine, all right, St. Augustine, I believe, believes this, and a lot of theology says that we might even be born with this, this bent, this lean towards sin, and this lean toward doing, or to gratifying the flesh and our evil desires. There's this natural tendency to get even. Don't look at me like that. There's this natural tendency to, to, to fill ourselves up. And, and, and watch this, sin is selfish. Sin is about me. Love is about you. You see that? Sin is about me. Love is about you. And, 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 and this these sinful nature is about, is about filling up, or it's about giving into the desires and the passions and the lusts of the flesh. And the Bible, the, the Greek word for flesh is called sark. Say sarks. And this, this is like a domain. This is like a power that is in complete opposition to the spirit, according to the Greek language. All right? And so when we come to faith in Christ, the Bible says this, that, that your old nature is gone and that you're given a new nature which is being clothed with Christ, all right? And I want to I talk a little bit about that. I want to have an illustration. I know I might be a little bit far away, all right? But talking about the old nature and the new nature, he's talking about that you've been born again when you believe in Christ Jesus, all right? So put to death all of these misdeeds of the flesh. But here's the reality, and here's the tension. Although we have been born again and raised to new life, it doesn't mean that we don't face the struggles of temptation and the struggles of sin. Because we have been born again, all right, although our, our, our nature has changed, watch this. Remember the scripture says, any person that is in Christ is a new creation. That is true. You have a new nature. But it doesn't dismiss our struggles and it doesn't dismiss the tension between sin and temptation. But in faith, it means, watch this, and I love this. It means this. Watch this. Although there might be tension from the here and the earth and the not yet heaven, Although I might have desire, because long as you were, someone said, I don't want to have any more temptation. I don't want to go, I don't want to sin anymore. I don't want, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to face temptation. Well, one pastor said, then you need to die right now. Because as long as you have a body and, a, and skin, and you have, you, you're going to face temptation. Even, I, I don't want to face, temp, even Jesus Christ faced temptation. And he overcome, Amen. Overcoming sin is possible. Overcoming pornography is possible. Overcoming drugs, overcoming a weed, overcoming, watch this, don't be subject to those things. Watch this, sin will surely destroy you. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen the people that I dearly love die from sin. See, sin, at first, it's like, I'll have one drink. But one turns into five. And then five turns into 50, and 50 turns into 50 years. I have two, two, I have two people in my life who've died of drinking, seen them die, ugly. It is a sin. Be filled with the Holy Spirit, not debauchery. 
watch this. You know, I'll just, I'll just look at pornography one time. See, that's the way it starts. The devil's like, just try, just do it. Just, just, you know, you're, you just do it this one time. And by the, by the, by the time you, you, you did it once, you got like a whole octopus and you can't get out of it. That's what the Bible says. You, but watch this. What's so beautiful about the gospel is this. When Jesus died on the cross, he covered all of your sin. All of your mistakes. How many of you, how many of you just hate medical insurance? Can I get a witness? Can I get an amen? A few months ago, we had some struggles with our insurance because Caleb had to go to the emergency hospital when he was actually, or quite a few months, but two months, he, we, we got scared actually. We, we, we thought he wasn't breathing and it was his time. He got sick for the first time and he was, he was kind of like wheezing really weird. And then we were sure that the medical insurance was going to cover that, that, that uh, ambulance ride. And God, uh, ambulance ride, if you know what I'm talking about. And you, know, you have to fight for what's covered on your insurance. And Jesus Christ, you got full coverage, baby. Come on, somebody. You got full coverage. It was nailed to the cross. Everything was every, every sin past, every sin present, every sin future. You are fully covered in Jesus Christ. You've been raised to new life in Christ. Your old nature is gone. But yes, I have temptation. Yes, I have struggle. So does every other person. But watch this. You can, you, God will fill you with his spirit. Because you're hurting inside. I know my dad did drugs. I know my dad did drugs and was in gangs because he couldn't. He was trying. He, he, he just wanted to fit in somewhere. He just didn't realize that that was the wrong crowd. He thought that was going to take it all away. We're doing pills because we think we're going to numb the pain. But watch this. That's why we don't fit in this world. Nothing in this world will ever fill the God-shaped hole that is in your heart. Only Jesus will. Only Jesus will. And you're going to find a joy when he fills your heart and lives in your soul. You're going to have a joy, unshakable, a peace, immovable. Even, in, even during tragedy and world shakeups. So we talk about sin and you're fully covered. But watch this. It doesn't mean because you're fully covered. All right. It doesn't mean that you go and do whatever you want to do now. We call that licentiousness. It doesn't mean you just, I, I, I have a get out of jail free card. I can do whatever I want. I get to sleep with, the, no, that's, whatever a man shall sow, he will reap. If we do those things, watch, it'll come back to us. We've got to be careful. But that's not who we are. That's the temporal. That's not the eternal. And our, we are made from above. So we must set our hearts and our minds from things above. But watch this. I think this illustration will help when it comes to sin. Well, why would God forgive me completely, even my future sins? Because that's how much he loves you, folks. He loves you that much that he knows who you really are. You're not the old you. You're not the, the broken you. You're not that you. You're who God says you are. Come on, somebody. You out there, you are who he says you are. So let's just have, just let me show, illustrate this for a moment. Let's imagine that this vessel is our life. All right. And imagine that this, this, this dirt, uh, this sod, I took it from our palm tree, by the way. <laughs> Sorry, wife. All right. Imagine that this is sin. And, 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 and sin kind of convolutes, all right? It gets in there. We do things one time. We're filled with anger. And because we're angry all the time, we're always cussing people out. Don't talk to me like that. Or beep, beep, beep. I don't know why I said that one. All right? You don't know me. All right? We hurt people. 
all right? We go to work. I'm not going to deal with you today, coworker. You this, all right? Oh, we just messed up some more stuff, right? We talk to our wife bad. We talk to our husbands bad. You know, we, 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 we take pills because tired of being hurt, but it's sin. Even the most perfect person, so to speak, even Queen Elizabeth of England is a sinner without Christ, all right? It's sin convolutes, all right? This is the earth. This is, this, is, this is the behavior of the world. But the Bible says, act like where you're from. And so it can be depressing. Like, how do I get all this sin out of the vessel of my life? Like, what must I do? How many books do I need to read? How, uh, you know, what do, I, I, I have this nature where I'm broken and I'm in pain. And I want to cuss that person out so badly. But, but it just comes out of me, right? I just do this and I do that. I go to the bars and I drink because, because I, 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 that's my nature. That, let me tell you, that's not who you are. That's not where you're from. So you wonder, how do I get this out of me? We're going to talk about this for the next five to six weeks. All right. And you, you might try to read books. You might try to get it out. All right. Look how hard it is to get it out. Look, can you guys see that on the camera? I don't know if you can see that. All right, it's so difficult. It's just all there, corroded and, and convoluted. I'm broken. I'm worth nothing. How can God ever love me? All right. So you wonder how can I how can I get this out? This di- I need to read five books. I need to go to the gym. I need to I need to I do you know uh, meditation so to speak or or whatever it is. We try whatever we can to grow and be better. But honestly, all of our efforts are just frustrating. All right. But this is what I believe about the gospel and I believe about the Holy Spirit, all right? Is that God, the way to, 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 to get whole and to pursue, and, 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 uh, pursue your heavenly nature and, to be, and act like where you're from is to, like we did it this morning, is to allow the grace and the Spirit to just love you and embrace you to read your word and be with like-minded people who are like you who are not perfect but going the right way. God wants to fill this vessel with his Holy Spirit. When you go take the next drink of the beer, it's like, man, that don't even taste good anymore. So this is representative of the Spirit. How do you get all this sin? Just yield to the Holy Spirit in your pain and in your brokenness. Watch what happens to the vessel. You know, more grace, more love, more scripture, all right? All of a sudden, these things, sorry, custodian, all right? All of a sudden, these things are going to start to pour out. And all of a sudden, uh, there's going to start to be healing and grace and mercy. Well, that's really deep in there, all right? All right? How about we just tip it over? All right. <laughs> All right. Because it's not working the way I want it to. All right. But this is what happens. God wants to pour you. For real. Pour in you. God wants to fill you. God wants to fill you to overflowing. God wants to, to speak words of tenderness and mercy to, in your life. This is how he washes you. Oh, my shoes are gone. This is how he washes you. Clean. It's not you getting rid of the sin. It's the spirit inside of you performing a miraculous work in your life amen this is what happens let god love you let god do his work in you yield to god let me wash my hand all right pour that somewhere all right there we go all right i hope i hope this school is not mad at me all right it's a jesus thing all right but but seriously seriously you can't do this by yourself you're not from here let god let god clean you up I think the normal reaction in our life is that we're going to clean it up. I'll clean up. 
My dad was a profound drug addict from gangs, but I'll never forget. He let the Lord pour himself into, into my dad and my dad was transformed in two years of his life, having accepted Christ Jesus, not doing drugs anymore. Mom was an alcoholic for 15 years, or for years, actually, probably more. But because God has loved her, she has allowed God to love her. She's been sober for maybe actually 20 years or so. God is so good, all right? How about point C? We need to set our hearts and our minds on things above because we, need, uh, we no longer see things from an earthly perspective, but from an eternal lens. Watch this. Your perspective can be your prison or it can be your passport. How are you going to see the things that you're going through today? From an earthly point of view or from a heavenly point of view? I will never forget. I'm going to close with this. I remember going to the Dream Center and one of my friends is Pastor Matthew Barnett. And how many of you have been through L.A.? You know, it, it could be rough right now. It can be like, whoa. You know, it's like, whoa, I love L.A. But when, you get, when you're down there and you're, you're going through the streets sometimes, it's like, whoa. I'll never forget, talking about perspective, Pastor Matthew Barnett, he would take us up to uh, the, the top of the hospital of the Dream Center. And when you have that perspective of seeing Los Angeles, it is gorgeous. It's beautiful. You get to see the Hollywood sign. You get to see the city of Hollywood. You get to see the skyscrapers. You get a you get a better angle on the city than you do when you're down there. I dare you to see with heaven's lens of your life, of your marriage, of your workplace, of your relationship with that weird uncle, of your relationships in your family. Get an angle of heaven and let it transform your life today. So let me recap real really quickly hearts and minds on things above. God doesn't want you to go to bed every night depressed, anxious, and scared. Moving about. God wants you to go to bed every night filled with peace in the name of Jesus. Filled with hope because he's overcome the world. Amen? So hearts and minds on things above. It means that we're not from here. It means that our kingdom that we're from is unshakable and we must bear the likeness and the qualities and the traits of where we're from. It means uh, our hearts and minds on things above means that we've died to our old nature and we've been filled with a new nature, all right? It means that we have to see from a higher perspective and not just an early, uh, 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 not just a low one. We, uh, God wants us to live an elevated life, not shallow living, all right? Every head bowed, every eye closed, just for a moment, all right? Thank you so much for tuning in to today's message. Our mission as a church is choosing Jesus, chasing freedom, discovering our gifts, and serving Jesus. I have a question for you. What is your next step with Christ? Take your next step today by visiting thecallingla.com. If today's message touched you, we'd love to partner with you in sharing the hope and the message of Christ. So visit thecallingla.com slash give.